she kind of was got up to leave the group and everything said well um i've got to go home and get to bed so i can get up early and exercise and she looks at me and she's like not all of us can have your metabolism and i say yeah you can't have my crohn's disease either okay (laughs) welcome to your eulogy in this episode i interview my friend josh wilzik it was a really fun interview um we talk about crohn's um as i think the excerpt i used for this alluded to um we talk about uh mortuary sciences that's what he studied in university and we talk about um some other really exciting fun stuff um like um when he died for a moment um when he drank too much um that's about as sensational of an intro as i can give here's the theme where I talk to people about their life so we can talk about their death. Um, We start each episode with a joke, which is not a funny way to introduce a joke, but I am not funny. (laughs) Um, Here it is. So (laughs) this um, two people are in heaven and one of them is like, hey, how'd you die? How'd you get up here? He goes, oh, I was uh, chopping up some some peppers and uh, my eye itched. Um, And the other person was like, really you died because because you got you know you rubbed your you know you got hot pepper in your eye he goes no my eye really itched and i didn't put down the knife (laughs) 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 okay um with me today is uh josh wilzik my old friend from uh high school but we were friends after that i mean it was high school some college young adult and now whatever we are now okay that's correct. Yeah. Um, starting in high school. Starting in high school. Okay. And, con- and continuing. Yes. I just it just sounded like you were friends with me in high school, and that's then then that was it. Yeah. Because I I got a lot of those. Well, I'm 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 sorry for that. No, no problem. Um, to make it up for you, I can tell you the difference between continuous and continu continuous and continual. Okay. Um. Con- oh shit! I don't know. Con- <laughs> continual is. Um, ongoing continuous is something that repeats through time so it's not every moment going okay. forth into the future but oh, all right it's the opposite continuous continuously is something that's constantly happening continual is something that happens frequently i thought continuous was just like all the 48 states that touch each other contiguous yeah there we go yeah that's okay. a special word for just like one thing okay kind of like a philately don't know that one either. i think that's like stamp collecting oh okay like that's the only word you need it for um i wrote as a intro my high school experience was 80 percent this man josh wilzik oh right on yeah um and i still don't know how to spell his last name well you don't need to 
It's just you pick. It's here's the three key letters are W I L, and then you can just put down like you know four to seven letters, whatever else you want, and people will be like, "Oh, it's Josh Wilzik." Well, because nobody knows how to spell it. Yeah. Do you have you guys figured it out? We figured out how to spell it. Uh, we just I, I don't think we've ever truly agreed on what the correct pronunciation is. You know the uh, Roosevelts were related, but Teddy pronounced it. Roosevelt uh-huh. and um, Eleanor, which was a cousin, but also a Roosevelt before she married FD um, Franklin, Franklin Franklin Delano. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just jamming factoids in to make myself sound smart at this point. Well, don't give the game up, man. Of of trying or don't let people know my tricks. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know? Keep keep them wondering. Speaking of the Byzantine Empire. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's get into the interview. Um, I'll hit you with a question that doesn't have to do with death, kind of has to do with mortality, and I've never asked you this. Mm-hmm. Um, how come you never told me about um, you having Crohn's? I never told you that. Second question: Do you have Crohn's do disease? I, Is it a I, disease or a syndrome? It's a it's a disease from yeah that's the that's the one they've give, they've given me. Not a syndrome. Not uh, you know anything else. It's a, it's a disease. I, well, I mean, I never told you. Yeah, um, I never knew. Well, I guess I don't. It's not you know one of those things where i guess it was it wasn't like i ever felt like i was like oh i should tell people this i just feel like it would be something in my life that you know you live with and it either comes up in conversation or or it doesn't um did you have uh symptoms or have it in high school uh no i I wasn't really diagnosed until i was i think it was about 20 i think it was 21 um it was 21 and 22 it was my senior year of of college okay. was when i was like officially diagnosed with it I'd, I'd had some symptoms for like a year before that but it wasn't really diagnosed or really caught so mm. yeah so yeah it's been about been about 10 years that okay I've had do you do you have like flare-ups or because i know some people that have it really bad uh-huh. and like can't like eat anything that's like hard at all sure um from what I have understood about it is, uh, first of all, I hate it. It's awful. <laughs> I, I highly don't recommend getting Crohn's disease. I uh, I feel a little shitty about this because I was like talking to my mom the other day and I was like, you know, I wish I could have traded my Crohn's in for cancer because, you know, with cancer, I can at least, you know, like you have this and we'll treat it and it'll go away or we'll treat it and it'll just kill you. Um, whereas like Crohn's, it's like, there's, there's no real, there's like, they can treat symptoms and you can kind of try and deal with it over long term. And like, maybe you go into some form of, uh, I think they call it remission in some ways, but it's not really called that. It just kind of like lies dormant. It doesn't go away ever. It's just kind of like something that you're going to kind of have. And, um, I'd have to say there's a solid, in like the 10 years, give or take that I've had it, there's been a solid, like three and a half maybe four years where it's just really sucked and it's just really really screwed up my quality of life like 
to the point where I mean it was it was very tough to motivate myself to basically go out and do anything. I mean it was just like trying to gather all your energy just to go to work and keep it together. And then like once you're done with that, all you want to do is just go home and either just you know sleep it off like as best you can or you're just or you're running the bathroom all the time or whatnot. Um, I still do get flare ups occasionally. Um, and I get random other symptoms, uh, associated with it. Like, uh, I occasionally get, uh, something called roaming arthritis, which I didn't know was an option. Yeah. Yeah. It was every once in a while, like my ankles and my feet will just like stiffen up and like puff up and they're just, it's just super painful and there's just really kind of nothing to do about it. But I mean, the past two years have been pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. as far as uh, I've been on like steady medication that I seem to be responding to. So my quality of life has gotten, has gotten better. Sometimes when I talk to people um, who have gone through like tragedy, um, there it's because it's something that's just like happened once, you can get silver linings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but with like a chronic illness, which I think that term would apply to this, yeah, Do yeah, it's you, chronic. Have you been able to find any like philosophical balm or like lust for life because of your shitty body, or is well, it just? Uh, well, number one, um, and well, when you were asking me like how bad it was earlier, like number one, uh, yeah, I the silver lining is is that I've definitely read testimonials from people where it is. I mean, it is a, a horrible disease. It could get a lot worse than the version I have. Like there are mm-hmm. people that go through dozens of surgeries and they have you know just like a mile of intestine removed and they got to deal with you know then they have colostomy bags and everything and and uh i've always been kind of a skinny guy and i think crohn's disease has like helped me keep the weight off for the past (laughs) 10 years but like i mean yeah i mean you hear testimonies from people and and they do i mean they just like end up going through like almost like a like a deficiency like they can't just absorb things normally like most people and you know i have issues with that but it's it's not as bad. So silver lining is it could be worse. I know it could be worse, uh-huh. and I'm happy it's not worse. I mean, I I think maybe one reason I don't talk about it a lot either is because, you know, there's little that can be done about it, I guess, in the moment. You know, like, our, like nobody can really do anything about mm-hmm. it, and you don't want somebody to, like, maybe you know, feel sorry for you, I guess. Like, you know, like I don't want to... Like, one, I don't want to be, like, uh, an object of pity. I don't think anybody ever wants to feel that way. And um, two, it's it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to put that on you, man, to have to worry about that. I want, you know, I want to hang out. I want to talk about, you know, the newest Marvel movie we just saw or something like that. Yeah. I don't want that to, like, be in the back of your mind. Yeah, for sure. I One of my more confusing sentences I ever wrote down was... Um, pity, people hate pity. Pity is when someone feels bad for you about a thing that you hate about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like, think it's, that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but occasionally it's nice cause you get to kind of throw it in people's faces. Like, um, one of, one of my little tricks, I've gotten to use this line legitimately like twice in my life and it has just been like amazing both times. Um, it's, uh, you know, skinny guy, obviously, uh, well, maybe not because <laughs> this is a podcast. I mean, there's no, you'll put a picture of me, right? Oh, yeah. Um, sure. But there's been like a couple times I've been talking to somebody, and the first time this line worked was uh, 
uh we were having we're, i was out with a, a work friend or something having a shifty uh after work and um she kind of was got up to leave the group and everything said well um i've got to go home and get to bed so i can get up early and exercise and she looks at me and she's like not all of us can have your metabolism and i say yeah you can't have my crohn's disease either okay <laughs> so i've gotten to use that twice and they do feel like shitheads in the moment and i feel really good for a bit and i you know and it's such a clever line i, I kind of let let myself get away with it yeah let's talk about um i'm not good enough at interviews for segues um this is a podcast kind of about life and death and whatnot and you after watching six feet under um decided um that since you couldn't be gay you should become a mortician (laughs) (laughs) that worked some corrections there um i didn't it wasn't watching six feet under that got me um i really didn't think of it until i was taking the tour to go to the u of m Really? Uh, to take it yeah because you know they they do that whole walking group they got like you know the the really exuberant you know junior like walking backwards and there's a dozen of you with like you know another 15 parents or something like that and you're going through the u of m campus you know they're taking you down the mall area and there's you know here's our her physics building you know big fucking greek pillars you know here's our you know uh biology building big fucking greek pillars there's like you know all this shit here's here's our, here's our programs here's <laughs> look at these awesome fucking buildings and we're taking like a shortcut like through the u at one point and there's like this stairway like leading underground and you know i saw some signage and everything but i yanked the guy's uh a sleeve and was like uh hey what's what's going on down there and he and this very exuberant guy you know very proud of everything that he was up to you know kind of pulls me aside by myself says that's the mortuary sciences department <laughs> like couldn't say it out loud it would just freak the hell out of everybody like oh no they do that here like yeah they fucking do that here and i was like I, you know that sounds interesting so I, I looked into the the you know the course load you know basically it had, you know, a lot of prerequisites decided for you. And then, you know, I got to kind of look at like what the classes were. And it was interesting. It was stuff that I was interested in. It was a lot of uh, anatomy, a lot of psychology. Yeah, cool. What um, what are the cool things? Maybe, maybe I just want you to tell me the story about when um, the person came when you were doing a, um, a practicum or... Um, internship where the guy came to check out the alzheimer's brain oh yeah that was wild that was and that was like in my first week or two of internships so right away in the program like so you do two years of your kind of prerequisites and then you know junior senior year actually like fully in the program just taking all of their courses and right away they 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 sign you up for an internship so you can concurrently you know, kind of see what life is like at a funeral home while you're in school for it. Because what they realized is was they only started doing that, like, I guess a couple of years before that, because they started to realize there were all these kids that were like doing all four years, getting their degree, and then actually seeing what life was like in a funeral home. Be like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. This is awful. I can't, I can't do this all day. So they're like, all right, we got to get these kids in sooner to give them like an idea of what it is. So they like, maybe <laughs> at least in the beginning of junior, they can say, no, I can switch to, you know, 
astronomy or whatever the hell you want. Um, so yeah, like my first two weeks I was at, uh, I probably shouldn't say the name of the funeral home cause they're always pretty, really touchy about that stuff. But I was at a prominent family owned funeral home in the twin cities area. And, uh, it was kind of like a lunch break deal. I mean, sometimes at funeral homes, you are just kind of hanging out and guy knocks on the door, open it up, uh, you know, pretty tall. I remember he was bald, um, kind of unassuming dude with like a, you know, looked like he had a bowling ball bag, you know, at his side. And, uh, he was like, hi, I'm for Mrs. So-and-so. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Hold on. Like, I'm a fucking intern. Like, let me go find whoever. Go find the lady. And she basically just looks in the room, sees the guy, goes, oh, yeah, she's right downstairs. She's on the table right now. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I ask her, I'm like, what's going on with this guy? And he's like, uh, she's like, uh, well, he's from um, medical examiner's office, I think. Uh, but they're collecting uh brain tissue samples from people who have died of like Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. This, and this woman has allowed her brain to be taken for a scientific study. I'm like, he's going to go downstairs to the funeral home and the embalming room and take the brain right now. And she's like, yeah, you, you want to watch? And I was like, sure. And <laughs> she said, uh, be sure to wear all your PPEs, which is personal protective equipment. And I was like, okay, that's a good sign. So I get all strapped in and I watch this guy do his thing and it was alternately uh, really disgusting and really beautiful at the same time because, I mean, basically what they got to do is they make they make an incision in the back of your head. You know, they basically just cut through your, your scalp um, and they and then you just kind of like peel it forward and it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's really weird but you're skin just kind of goes forward so it was really weird there's like this woman's face and then just like just sitting over her eyes is just the lump of her scalp that's been like pushed forward <laughs> so fucking weird and uh he takes out this you know dremel basically and just and he cuts this i don't know what type of uh what would you call it i don't know like like a quarter section of like the skull he like basically the skull that sits over your like occipital lobe which is the back portion of your brain you basically just used to drill and just you know cut this oh. section off and it was just this you know hybrid just like good god like i can't believe i'm i'm watching and it's really weird because at certain points there's like a dust in the air and you're like is that skull dust in the fucking air like what the hell is going on again like week two of the goddamn program breathing in bone yeah but then he gets to, uh, you know, he lifts the skull up and he gets to the meninges, which is like kind of, it's the protective sack like around your brain. Like wait, the, wait, let me get you off for a second. Yeah. Um, I thought it might be interesting <clears throat> if I threw some music on underneath this mm -hmm. um, and then you can just like describe it. Okay. So just like slow your voice down a little bit. Okay. And we'll get, we'll really uh, visualize this. Okay. So he cuts off the back portion of the skull and it's at this point that the meninges is exposed. And I had never really given a thought to the meninges. I didn't even know if at that point I had really known what it was that much. And, but it was just this beautiful purple and pink and uh, ethereal glows like the inside of a seashell. You know, you pick them up 
and some of them have just that kind of weird film on them and they kind of catch the light and they're at once made up of a color but they seem translucent at the same time it had that quality to it it was like the most beautiful i don't know like when you see a gasoline stain like on top of a puddle and it's just that weird multicolored flowing kind of thing and you only kind of catch it if the light just hits it the meninges kind of has that quality to it it's it's really weird it's yeah it's like purple and pink it was gorgeous it was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen (laughs) just the color of it but it's the protective sack around this dead woman's brain and and that guy is like now cut through the meninges and he is taking that woman's brain out of her skull <laughs> and i found out that uh yeah well part of the the bowling ball bag that thing he was carrying it was just like a brain transport kit and he was just able to kind of put it in this solution and this jar inside the bag and he tucked his dremel and stuff in there and that was it and he left and then i think later that day we got to do a little restorative artwork and kind of put her skull back there, which isn't that hard because you just kind of you putty the skull back in and then you just kind of you peel the scalp back and then you kind of do a you know a little uh sewing up of it and everything and and they're laying down in the coffin anyway so you're not you're never really gonna see the back so cosmetically it wasn't that big a deal to have the brain removed yeah let's take a left turn um you went to duluth once got really drunk uh your heart stopped yeah so quick recap of basically yeah i went up went up to party with uh one of my best friends at the time and best bad influences up in duluth this was within my first month of my freshman year of college so you know freshman um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're with like retox parties yeah well retox was yeah that was afterwards that was that was, that was after got to detox and then it was when he was out we had retox um but yeah basically part what i remember is uh basically getting there and just getting to a party and maybe having like a drink and then i black out and then i wake up in the hospital not really knowing how or why i'm there uh the details i am able to put together and remember incorrectly probably is that uh at the party got trashed on southern comfort i believe was the beverage of choice that night yeah it's a thing we call it soco but yeah that's not phonetically it's abbreviation i know that's that's something i have a problem with Sucka. it's it's also <laughs> and i was i was a sucker that night I, I definitely was anyway so i'm like i'm in uh i was so drunk that they had put me in the bathtub and um you know just to sleep it off or whatever and um i'm taller than most bathtubs are long so my head was propped up against the bathtub in such a way that at one point i had like vomited but i couldn't actually like escape my mouth and it just kind of like got stuck and i just like choked it to death on my own vomit and uh this is the same way that bon scott of acdc died except he was not in a bathtub i think he was just in like the back seat of a car like he just like tried to sleep in a car overnight and was just you know curled up in such a way that when he puked that's how he died and uh so anyway so like at some point um my friend nick who had gone to visit his friend cassie uh she goes to use the bathroom sees that the curtains kind of drawn in the shower like pushes it back she's just like i thought I, somebody might have been in there and she puts it back and it's me in the bathtub like unresponsive with like blue lips and shit and 
so she freaks out calls calls the ambulance yeah i woke up in the hospital pretty freaked out at some point they had gotten a hold of my parents and they drove up to be there with me i guess and i remember the doc you know i'm still kind of shell-shocked i mean and i don't know if how legitimate this is if he if he truly meant it or if he was just trying to do like kind of a scared straight thing on me but he was like you know you came in last night and i was just like we're fitting this kid for a toe tag that's all there's to it you know but he's like you pulled through somehow i don't know but you you were really fucking close there kid like that was that was it you know when you first came in and then he gave me some estimate like it took them four minutes to revive you but it was yeah absolutely rotten uh experience specifically for you know the look on your parents face like i mean it wasn't just like my mom came up from home i think she was out at a friend's you know girls weekend cabin party thing because it was my mom and my dad and like a small group of my mom's friends <laughs> all ready to the you know just look at me and judge me and they, and they did and you know they had a right to and because i mean I, I scared the hell out of my out of my poor parents and yeah it's still something i'm a little sore about yeah it, there's there's a beautiful emotion that we don't have a word for that we should word is that um, that hate and massive love for when you know someone you love does something really dumb but mm-hmm. doesn't die. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's probably a French phrase that. Yeah. Because they're so much more eloquent than us. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I could I could see just like this like loving fume fuming just yeah. like. Yeah, and it's just uh, yeah, big big piece of shit just like a really big piece of shit thing to, but to I do mean, to your parents it's awful but it's something I, in my joke book I, I just wrote down something where it's like once a year cops should just like mail everyone a DUI because like <laughs> we're all fucking up yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah. Um. I know right <laughs> it's seriously yeah And it's it's not really a eulogy. It's in the form of a kind of a an all points bulletin press conference. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of like so. Imagine you're like listening to Minnesota Public Radio, and then this is kind of like a little update thing that they post to on a continuing story that they've had. So it's kind of like interrupted normal broadcast, and it's just kind of a quick little press conference i didn't i didn't feel comfortable writing a traditional eulogy because i think it would have required um a certain amount of uh candor and um sensitivity that i guess i'm just not comfortable (laughs) with (laughs) and there'd be like a little bit of background noise of just like you know cameras like clicking so like and then just like you know kind of like the murmuring in the background and then like uh, like a chief walks up to the microphone thank you all for coming today my office and Ramsey County investigators in conjunction with the state police and federal authorities 
are currently seeking the public's help and cooperation in discerning the whereabouts of this man, a one Josh Wilsichick. He is 37 years old, six foot one, approximately 175 pounds, with thinning brown hair, blue eyes, and most likely clad in denim. He was last seen two nights ago in the Comodale neighborhood at approximately 4 a.m. riding his or someone else's bike to the Super America to buy cigarettes. This subject is currently our main investigative lead in locating the missing cherry from the Walker Sculpture Garden's famed Spoon Bridge and Cherry installation. As I'm sure you're all aware, Klaus Oldenburg's seminal sculpture was vandalized two weeks ago with the Spoon Bridge unharmed but the cherry missing. Through unprecedented cooperation between my office and sources throughout the Twin Cities, we have narrowed our focus to the missing suspect as he has been involved in other destructive acts of thievery in the weeks leading up to and following the theft of the cherry from the Walker's grounds. Anyone with information is encouraged to call the Joint Task Force hotline in order to successfully return the cherry to its proper place, which is on a spoon bridge. At this time, I would like to allow questions from the press. Uh, Miss? Um, hi, thank you. I'm just wondering exactly, who, who is Josh Wilzik? Uh, it appears, based on his file, that he is a native of St. Paul, Minnesota. He attended the St. Thomas Military Academy for high school. It does not appear that any of that actually soaked in. He was also a graduate of the University of Minnesota, where he majored in mortuary sciences. That's, that's like to become a, a funeral director. He never actually held a job in that position, however, but I think it says a little something about what we're dealing with. After, after completing his college education, he became a member of the food service community before spending the last several years being a fish truck driver. He was popular at a few local bars, but other than that, has a relatively undistinguished record. Anybody else? You, you, you sort of over there. Um, hi, hi. Um, how did this suspect come to your attention? Police informants in the metro with connections to valuable art heists recently came forward with his information. And, and why would they come forward if perhaps they themselves would find themselves implicated in their involvement with this theft? It is, it, it is believed that this scheme involved a large capital of financing to get off the ground. Potential financiers probably got angry when it was suspected that uh, one Mr. Wilchizik kept the cherry for himself instead of transferring it to be fenced on the black market. Anybody else? Oh, yes, you over there. Uh, uh, hi, what other acts was Mr. Wilschik? Am I pronouncing that? Wilchik? I'm not sure exactly. Um, 
some we've it's Will Wilchike, Wilchizik, Wilzik. We haven't really come to uh, an agreement on that quite yet. Something Polish, but but, but please go ahead. Um. Anyway, uh, what other acts of artistic terrorism is he suspected of being involved in? His um, other acts did not at first appear to be intent on terrorizing the art world. Uh, there is a theory that this was all some sort of performance art piece, but we uh, do currently have uh, disagreements among law enforcement officials on the validity of that. Um, ex excuse me, the, the validity of his intent, or no, the validity of performance art. Uh, continuing... It is suspected that Mr. Wilzik was involved in the theft of a small hopper feed storage silo with loading conveyor from Spring Grove, Minnesota. And, and excuse me, sir, that's like a, a grain silo from a farm? Uh, correct. Uh, he is also our main suspect on a daring raid on a semi-trailer en route to Johnson Brothers Beverage Distributors and Warehouse. In this raid, is it, it is believed he absconded with an entire pallet of sweet vermouth. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, but sweet vermouth? Yes, it is believed that between the feed silo, the vermouth, and the spoon bridges missing cherry, he was seeking to make the world's largest Manhattan. So anyone with a pallet and a half of rye whiskey is urged to exercise extreme caution and be on the lookout. He is unarmed, but from what we can tell, damn charming. This concludes NPR's special coverage. Up next, Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Uh, thank you very much um, to you, Josh, for, for coming on. Uh, that eulogy um, takes the cake. Oh, no, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited uh, for this project you got going, and I'm excited that you asked me. It was really nice of you. Yeah, really good. Um... This has been your eulogy. My name is Matthew Schneeman. I've produced this episode, did the music, and edited it. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I don't have an email yet, so the complaint shall remain um, with you. 